Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Perfect. All right. All right. Good morning, everybody. Again, I wish I could see you guys in person. I do miss you guys, and that is that that is the truth. Hey, it's game week. Here we go. We are finally here, and uh, our team's excited. Our staff is excited. I know you guys are excited. I know our fans are excited. It's been a long time coming, and so many ups and downs uh, during this year. And, uh, you know, our team has put so much work in to get to this point. Um, and you can just feel the excitement in meetings and in practice. Uh, we cannot wait to get this thing kicked off on Saturday night. You know, training camp was a, a success. Uh, we, we really enjoyed the format um, that, we, that we put together. We wanted to get these guys uh, prepared for a season. And I feel like our guys have felt like they've already played probably two to three games. It was a physical training camp. Uh, our guys got some bumps and bruises, but that's okay. We, we want to feel that way going into a game. Um, no matter what the year is, but especially right now in 2020. I think the Pac-12 did a really good job of, of uh, you know, able, making it able for us to ramp up for two weeks and then have a true training camp. Um, we, the dogs are ready to go. We, we, we feel confident. Uh, we feel prepared. All three phases, we are ready for this game week. Uh, one more announcement. Well, I got a couple more announcements here. Uh, you guys know that where you are 100% registered on our team. We all registered to vote. And I'm happy to report that over 90% of our team has voted, has voted. And so we are so excited about that. And just like I told the team, do your research. Doesn't matter which circle you're picking, locally or nationally, just do your research and vote. It's your American right to vote and make sure you exercise it. And I'm proud of our guys. Over 90% of our guys have voted. So extremely proud, extremely proud. Uh, last thing here, then open up the questions. We do have a roster update. Uh, Taj Davis has opted out. And uh, we respect his, his decision, and we're going to support him. He's always going to be a dog, and we hope we can get him back here shortly. And uh, just, just like with those other two guys that have opted out over the coronavirus concerns, uh, we support those guys, and we are here for them. Todd, we love you, and uh, we can't wait to get you back. All right. With that, I will open up the questions. All right. We'll start with Tim Booth and then Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Tim. Jimmy, who's your starting quarterback? Yeah, great question. Great question. I guess we will find out about 7.34, maybe Pacific time, right around there on Saturday night. How would you assess the way that they came out of the last scrimmage and what stood out to you about the way uh, your, your four options played in that game? You know, I was extremely excited. You know, I've been telling the team, we've been making plays in all three phases uh, throughout training camp. We finished on a high note in our last preseason game, number four. Uh, just – it was just a fist fight going back and forth, back and forth, offense making plays, defense making plays, special teams making plays. And, um, you know, I love that competitive atmosphere. I know the guys could feel the, the competition brewing week in and week out. And we're excited to, uh, to go swap paint with another, with another jersey and another helmet now going against uh, somebody else. 
All right, Chris Fetters and then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, regardless of the format or when you guys were going to play them, the, the last couple games with Cal have been not to your liking, obviously. Uh, was this going to be a game that had a little special significance for you regardless of where it landed on the schedule? Yeah, I mean, Cal's a, is, a, is a really well-coached football team, and they got really good players, and it's going to be a slugfest. I think that's uh, – I think Coach Wilcox has done a really good job of uh, establishing his culture there, and since he's took over, um, you know, they, they, they play solid, uh, really solid defense, and, uh, you know, their, their offense uh, does a good job of possessing the football and, and scoring when they need to, and which is a huge change uh, from prior staff uh, – before he arrived there. And I think year in and year out, as long as that coaching staff is in place, it's going to be a challenging game. Uh, the last two games have been defensive, just brutal fights to the end. And I'm expecting the same thing to happen this Saturday night. We'll go to Mike Farrell and then Christian Capel. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy. I mean, you mentioned the physicality in this camp. And in Cal, you know, last year, they really did a good job in the running game enforcing missed tackles. How did you like the tackling in camp and did the scrimmages help to be able to simulate that physicality when it's hard to go all out in practice? Yeah, no, exactly. I think uh, we definitely tackled more than we ever have in the past year during this training camp, just to get these guys ready to go. Uh, especially with us playing seven games guaranteed, seven games guaranteed that, uh, you know, we didn't feel like we were going to uh, get too banged up. Um, and thankfully we, we did not. Uh, so now we feel like we've got about two to three games under our belt before we actually play our first Pac-12 Pac-12 game. But like I said earlier, those last two the two games against uh, against Cal have been defensive slugfest. We've ran the ball well against them. They've ran the ball well against us. But they've both been very low-scoring games. And um, I think uh, both teams are are built almost the same way. And and I think you're going to see another another good. Uh, Good, well-played game this Saturday night. All right, Christian Capel, then Larry Stone. Go ahead, Christian. Hey, Jimmy, um, I know you've mentioned the possibility of playing multiple quarterbacks in a game. I'm curious, from your experience as a defensive coach, um, is there something about facing multiple quarterbacks that you didn't like that was, that was difficult to, to defend against or prepare for? And um, is, is there a reason why – you wouldn't want to do that or why that wouldn't be ideal for, for you guys to, to play more than one guy there. It definitely, from a defense perspective, it definitely keeps you off balance. Um, I mean, all you have to do is look to New Orleans Saints and they're, they're doing it pretty well right now playing two quarterbacks. That keeps, that keeps defenses off balance. You don't, you don't know what to expect. Um, now for sure, if, you know, if we're set up this way, we'll see if we are, we'll see if we're not, if there's a guy that's, can just take over the reins and be the guy, then he'll be the guy. Uh, but from a defensive defensive standpoint, if there's a, a a guy back there that can just take control, that's difficult to defend. And if there's a guy, if there's two headed monster back there, that's difficult to, to defend. And we're going to do whatever's best uh, for our team to make sure we get victories here in 2020. All right. Sorry about that. We'll go to Larry Stone, then Lauren Kirschman. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, Jimmy, I was just wondering, what are your personal emotions heading into this game? I mean, this is a big moment in your career, first head coaching experience, uh, so long in the making with the with all the delays and everything. So, you know, what, what emotions are churning within you right now? Yeah, Larry, I mean, I am just extremely excited for our staff and our players. 
uh, all the work behind the scenes of going through all these pro new protocols and, uh, you know, getting into the building, getting out of the building, someone does test positive or it's a false positive. I mean, there's just so many things, cleaning equipment, um, our medical staff, our strength conditioning staff, our administration, just to, to allow us to just get back in the building and start working on football again. And then all these new things that our players are having to deal with on a daily basis, you know, filling out their daily attestation. And I mean, it's, it's just been a process. And so I'm just excited for our guys and our staff to go out there and play football, play this game that they love, that they prepare for 12 months every single year. Um, and just go let it loose on Saturday night. I can't wait uh, for kickoff or kickoff return, whatever it is. I, I can't wait to see the smiles on everybody's faces. We're going to slip one in with Dave Mahler, who can't find his raise hand button, and let uh, Dave ask a quick question. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I'm technologically challenged, apparently. Jimmy, uh, have you guys gotten clearance yet for parents next week at Husky Stadium? Any, any, any update there? I have not heard any update on that. Um, hopefully, as you guys know, we are pushing for that. Uh, we, we, we think our, uh, the parents of our and families of our players should be able to watch, um, you know, their sons come play here in Husky Stadium. Uh, we, we have a huge stadium, 72,000. It would be great to get, just get them and all spaced out. We've seen other teams that have been able to do that across the country and even in the NFL. We definitely are trying to work towards that. Uh, our administration is working tirelessly to try to get that done. Uh, but at this point, there is no update. Um, and as soon as we get one, we'll, we'll let you guys know. Got it. Cool. Oh, go ahead, Lauren. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, that. how are you? Great. How are you? Good. Um, so I was curious about um, Richard Newton just after his breakout year last year. What have you kind of seen from him growth wise during camp and, and maybe getting ready to take a next step here? Yeah, I'm really excited about him. He had a really good camp. Um, he's put on some weight, uh, which we, which we like, you know, he's, he was a younger guy and now he's now he's a third year guy just getting older and putting on more putting on more muscle. Um, he's always been able to see the hole and then hit it. I think he still has that, uh, you know, that just that finesse way of knowing when to, when to turn it on and when to back it off. Um, I'm excited for him again to go against somebody that doesn't have purple and gold on uh, because he's been, he's been beating us up pretty good uh, during training camp. I'm excited for Rich's uh, season. All right, we'll go to Anthony and then Dan Riley. Go ahead, Anthony. How do you guys think you can have more success against Cal than you did last season? And you always talk about how your offense, you wanted to make it hard to defend, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, what I mean by that is when, when offenses are hard to defend, uh, that puts a lot of stress on the defense. That's what I mean by that. Um, this year is, is completely different than, than any of the last two years. I mean, we, there's different coordinators, there's different players, and this is, this is a different team, just like they have a different team. And um, so – you know, we, we don't focus on what has happened in the past. We're focused on right now and what we can do to prepare ourselves to, to come out with a victory this Saturday. Uh, and the guys have come to work every single day and learning, learning our schemes and learning the way we practice and preparing. And we're still in the early moments of this week. We still got lots of work to do uh, before we head to Berkeley. All right, we'll go to Rayleigh and then Moss. Go ahead, Rayleigh. Uh, <clears throat> Jimmy, Outside of the quarterback, could you name a couple of <clears throat> position battles and the guys who were involved that were, were just really tight, really close, and you don't even have to name the winner, but could you 
pick out a couple? Yeah, um, I mean, again, I think I, you guys have heard me say this over and over, you know, I'm an equal opportunity employer. And if, if you show that you know our techniques and our scheme in all three phases, you're going to move up the depth chart. And there's, there's guys that have moved up the depth chart. Um, I'm not going to mention those right now, but I mean, we've, we, we've had a bunch of competitions across our whole team. And guys that continue to show up week in, week out, if you do it in practice, you're going to do it in games. And we put so much, uh, put so much credit on what happens in practice um, to reward those guys for making plays in practice, and they'll get playing time. And so you'll see those guys get playing time this Saturday. All right, the Mars and then Lars. Go ahead, Mars. Hey, Coach, you've talked about leadership uh, all, you know, fall camp, and we've heard that. I'm just wondering if you could just tell us how – what kind of difference that's made leading into the game, your senior leadership, or maybe even guys that aren't seniors, but how leadership has got the team ready and where it is right now. Oh yeah. I mean, we have, we have some extraordinary leaders, uh, Elijah Molden, Keith Taylor, Jackson Kirkland, Kate Otten, those four guys just jump off the top of my brain of guys that have just done it the right way on the field, off the field, through tumultuous times, uh, you know, shut down, we can't do anything to, okay, now we're back to playing football. Those guys have never flinched. They have never flinched. And they're here for their brothers. They're here to support the brothers. Uh, we definitely wouldn't be where we're at right now if it wasn't for those four guys. And now we've got a bunch of uh, young leaders in the making, guys that are juniors, sophomores, even freshmen that are out there doing it the right way. And I can't wait for them to, to go out there and, and do it uh, the right way on game day. So they can get even more, uh, you know, even more cred, so to speak, uh, from their teammates and their coaches. All right, I'll go to Lars and then Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Lars. Hey, Coach. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the running backs. You mentioned want, wanting to have all of them kind of be ready at all times. Uh, how many, ideally, would you like to use in a game? Um, and just what did you see from the running backs in fall camp? Yeah, exciting room. Really exciting room, Lars. I mean, I think we have – a. As it's a stable. I was going to say stable. We have a stable, like Coach Bonifa likes to, to label, and we have a stable of running backs. I mean, two seniors that have played a lot of football around here, Kamari Pleasant, Sean McGrew. Obviously, we've already talked about Rich Newton. Uh, I mean, Cam Davis. we got the two young guys. I mean, we got some guys. we got some guys back there. Uh, Coach Bonifa's done a heck of a job of recruiting that room, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to do whatever helps us win football games. If that's one guy and he's hot and we're going – but, you know, we, you guys know we, we play uh, more than one, and you'll see more than one on, on Saturday night. Um, but whatever we can do to, to get those guys on the field, get them in positions to make plays, move the chains, and score touchdowns is what we're going to do. All right, Fetters, then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Pete was really good about letting us know if, if guys were, you know, seriously hurt to the point where they would miss a season or miss a, a really long run of games. Is there anyone on the roster right now, Jimmy, that, that would fit that description? No. All right, we'll go to Mike Farrell, then Christian Capel. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy, I know, like you said, that you're keeping the QB decision internal. Uh, I'm wondering, though, does the, Q, does the QB room know who the starter is at this point? Does the team know at this point? Yeah, like I mentioned before, you know, it really doesn't do us uh, – you know, it doesn't help us to announce anything like that uh, going into a game. I know from a defensive 
of perspective. Uh, have we know who the starting quarterback is and we can plan for that guy. Um, and so, you know, this is, uh, you know, I really want to talk to our fans here because I know our fans are excited and um, believe me, we're, we're all excited and we can't wait to go out and, and run out there on Saturday night and, and play really hard for you guys. Uh, but what we're never going to do here is release information that hurts us. And, um, you know, by us releasing that type of information only hurts us. It doesn't help us. Uh, we, all knew, we all know here soon enough. Um, and we can't wait to go play really hard for you guys on Saturday night. All right, Christian Capel, then Tim. Go ahead, Christian. Hey, Jimmy, I'm, I'm wondering what your relationship was like with the quarterbacks on the team when you were the defensive coordinator and the DBs coach. And if you spend any amount of time with those guys, you know, whether it's going over film or defensive schemes or whatever, and if, if any of that might, might have factored into how you viewed the competition this year. Yeah, I've always had a good, good uh, relationship with the quarterbacks. Um, they, they, they know, uh, obviously, before I was in this role, I was always quick to point out who, who we intercepted the most. And um, I was always going to go over into warm-ups and go, hey, I'm getting you today. We haven't got you yet. We're, we're going to make sure we pick you off today. So we always had a good back and forth and had a lot of fun with each other. And, and, and of course, they would throw in my face when they threw a touchdown against our defense, too. So it's always been a good back and forth. Got a good relationship with those guys right now. Now I'm definitely cheering for them more than I have in the past. Um, but also going against them, too, and challenging them the right way and pushing the right buttons. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for those guys to, to go out there and, and uh, all this hard work they've been doing behind the scenes and at practice. I'm excited for those guys to go out there and, and get it done in a game. All right, we'll go to Tim Booth, then Art Teal. Go ahead, Tim. Jimmy, I'm wondering if uh, you've ever been involved in a game like last year's against Cal where that ended at 1.30 um, in the morning. And what did you do during the downtime when the delay was happening? Did you have to, you know, go get coffee? Did you have to, you know, what, what was that sort of period like for you? Yeah, so, well, the people that have lived in Florida, you guys would not be surprised. Uh, when I, my time in the NFL with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we had a bunch of uh, lightning delays. Tampa is the uh, lightning capital of the world. More, more lightning touches down in that city than anywhere in the world, from what I've heard. I don't know if that's a fact, but I've heard that. It's said in Tampa a lot. And so we had a bunch of uh, delays in games. Um, we have to go back to the locker room and do exactly what we did here um, last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge coffee drinker as it is. I, think I drink coffee in the morning and the mid-morning, the late afternoon and the evening. So I think I probably did have a cup of uh, – a coffee, coffee at one point. Um, and then, and then really, but my job was to keep the guys, you know, focused and dialed in and, and keep them energized and go back to what we had just seen and what they were coming out with and try to make adjustments. It was basically like a halftime uh, and just kind of keep those guys juiced and energized. And Hey, it was a great college football game. You go back to my quotes from last year. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure I said that it was a great college football game. And um, unfortunately the dogs came out. Uh, on, on the bottom end of it. All right, we'll go with the hands that are raised now. We'll start with Art Teal and then Anthony Edwards. Go ahead, Art. Uh, Jimmy, every first-year coach in any sport often says that uh, management is the biggest deal in uh, trying to handle the, all the new responsibilities. What has been your biggest management challenge, uh, especially facing a pandemic? Is it uh, keeping the players on your roster? Is it 
re-recruiting the incoming freshmen? Is it dealing with the budget cuts that happened in the program and the athletic administration? Or is it just being the boss of bosses who has to answer all kinds of questions from concerned players and coaches about all the uncertainty? Yeah, uh, great question, Art. I, I think it, this is an easy answer. Is uh, It's been the schedule change, for sure. And uh, my executive assistant, Amanda Forche, could, could tell you that. Uh, it was, okay, this is what we're doing this week. And then all of a sudden, something would turn in the pandemic, and we'd have to scrap all the plans and then redo it again. Uh, our schedule, I can't, I, like, I can't tell you how many, how many times we've changed our schedule. Uh, between meetings, guys here, lifts, now nope, nobody can come here, the pandemic's hitting, now we're playing Stanford, now we're not playing Stanford, now we're, I mean, it's, but again, everyone's dealing with it, everyone's dealing with it, but for sure, uh, the most challenging thing right now has just been the change of the schedule, because I know as assistant and our, and, and, uh, and our players, they want to know what the schedule is, so we can all be on the same page, and so when it was constantly changing, just a roller coaster of changes, that was obviously a challenge, but uh, uh, Amanda did a great job. And uh, we know any year after this, as long as it's not a pandemic, uh, the scheduling is going to be a breeze. All right. We'll go to Anthony, then Fetters. Go ahead. You mentioned before that Chris Peterson was kind of one of your biggest mentors. And have you been in touch with him in like the last few months or like what is what have his final words to you been? Geez, final words make that sound so dire. No, we, we've definitely stayed in contact. Um, and he's, he's, sent, he's, he's left me voicemails, very encouraging voicemails during this tumultuous you know, uh, 2020 year that we've all had. Um, and we've traded text messages back and forth. He's been a great uh, support for me. And I know he'll always continue to be. And I know he's going to be glued in, I'm sure, on Saturday and, 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 and watching, watching the dogs go out there and, and try to get a victory. But uh, Coach Pete has been a close friend of mine, and he's, he's been a mentor of mine, and he will continue to be. And, um, yeah, we definitely have stayed in contact and will continue to stay in contact. All right, we'll go to uh, Chris Fetters and Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Jimmy, I know some of the other Pac-12 schools have kind of started to ramp up and unveil their name, image, and likeness partnerships and kind of their plan of attack. Is, is there anything you can share in terms of what you guys uh, want to do with that going forward? Yeah, not at this point. Uh, we definitely have a plan. Uh, we have a, uh, a whole executive team that's uh, preparing what we will be able to do once the legislation passes. Uh, the University of Washington Athletic Department will definitely be ready uh, once all that passes and what the rules and what the regulations will be. Um, but until that point, uh, we don't want to release anything until we know what the rules are. And so if some other teams are doing that. I mean, they don't know what the rules are going to be. Um, I know I don't know what the rules are going to be right now. And I don't think the NCAA knows what the rules are going to be. So once we figure out what those are, uh, just like, excuse me, let me finish my statement there. We will take advantage at the fullest, whatever the rules are going to be for the NIL. And when the NCAA changed the rules on how much you can feed the players and how much you can spend on feeding the players, guess what we did here at UW? We spend more money on food than anybody in the Pac-12. And our guys eat great. And, you know, we, we, our guys have gained weight and they've gotten stronger. Um, but we're, we're doing it under the rules. 
And so, so the same thing, I'll tell you this, other people might be releasing videos and this and that and the other. When the rules get announced and this thing changes, we will be at the forefront and make sure we use exhaust every single uh, thing we can do to make sure our team and our athletic department is head and shoulders above the competition. All right, we'll take three more questions. Mike Farrell, then Maz, then Larry. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Jimmy, I'm just wondering if you could touch on what both uh, Christopher Brown Jr. and Chase Garbers do for Cal that make them so dangerous. Well, yeah, first, uh, well, yeah, let me go with the running back first. I mean, he's a, he's a big running back. Like like I told you guys, I like big running backs. He's a big running back, and he runs hard. He runs with square pads downhill, and he's tough to tackle. He's tough to tackle. I mean, that's plain and simple. Um, I, I like tough football players, and, and he's definitely one of them. And then their quarterback, he's the most tenured quarterback in the Pac-12. The guy's played more than anybody else has, has more starts. And so we have quite the challenge. Uh, first game off uh, of the 2020 season, the most tenured quarterback in the Pac-12 uh, going against our defense. And, you know, what makes him, uh, besides his, his experience, what makes him really good is he's accurate with the football. He's detailed with the football, where he's going with it. And then if it's not there, you can also move the change with his legs. And he's been, he's been known to do that every single game he's been playing. Uh, so we, we have a heck of a challenge in front of us. All right, Masvita, go ahead, please. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, just to get some context, in 2012-13, you were the passing game coordinator at uh, Boise State. Did you work with the offense? Or I, I, I know it's, I'm just trying to get some context on that. Did you work on the offensive side as well? No, that was – no, that's for our pass defense. That's for okay. our pass defense. Yep. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll uh, wrap things up with Larry Stone. Go ahead, Larry, please. Yeah, kind of jumping off of that, you've been a defensive coach for your entire career. Now the offense is part of your jurisdiction. How has that transition been to, to have both sides of the ball, uh, you know, in your bailiwick? I love it. I love it. It's definitely been um, – it's been quite the experience, you know, be able to sit there and uh, – in both meetings now and be able to watch both from a, you know, from a different perspective and, uh, and be able to give my two cents, uh, you know, to our offensive staff of what causes defenses issues. Uh, that that's been a, that's been fun for me and then watch our defense struggle with it in practice. <laughs> and then now I can kind of laugh at it. So uh, that, that, you know, that's, that's been fun. And I think uh, we all grow as coaches we're continuing to grow. It's one of our anchors around here. It's just constant growth and improvement. Uh, I've really enjoyed that aspect of being able to, uh, you know, be with the offensive coaches and just lend any, you know, lend a hand the way I can of saying, hey, you know what? If you do this, this is this causes issues. This is extremely difficult, and the defense is going to see it this way. And um, and they, they, they've listened, and, and it's, it's been a, definitely a joy and a different perspective for me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 